the Chinese year of the Eastern Bulof. It's time to talk Istanbul. So a very warm welcome from me, Jorma Kirko, and him, Ray Mack. And where else will we be? Only <laughs> sitting and sipping in our local juicer, James Joyce Istanbul Irish Pub, for the latest mad barking episodes. <laughs> <laughs> now, remember, you can also find some of our black, uh, old Black Milkshake episodes on Grow Radio UK. And you can catch some of the best sketches from last year on our Talking Istanbulok's YouTube page. Yes, this week's show has more shticks than a very lucky dog on a woodland walk. Morgan Freeman, Friedman brings us an ode to fish fingers. And talking of dogs, would you bring one on a first date? Now, also, we've got True or False, Post of the Week, and a topical piece that's been on Twitter this week, where Russell Crowe is definitely not entertained, Jimmy, after a dodgy Maltese property firm illegally used his face and voice to endorse, believe it or not, Holmes. Mm. I mean, I think it's absolutely terrible, isn't it, you know, using these AI voices and things like that. Um Tell you what, though, Ray, have, listening to this, it, the people who did that, it was absolutely dreadful. I mean, they probably thought it was really funny, but to turn something out of that quality, I'm sure Russell Crowe might have actually enjoyed it a little bit more if, if they'd have done something that sounded real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, indeed. So let's see what he thinks of what we've got later on. Um, <laughs> Let's see what Morgan has been up to while he's had a few days home alone. Hi there, Shakers. From time to time, I enjoy cooking some good old wholesome food. And when my wife was away recently, I thought I'd try out the air fryer. Our son got her for Christmas. I had to read the instructions. And when that didn't work out for me, I phoned her at her sister's and I asked her to talk me through it. I was excited. I buttered some bread and got out the ketchup and salt, ready to make the finest sandwich known to man. I remembered that I needed to write a poem. My old drinking buddy, Christy Moore, once told me that you can express the deepest sentiments through the mundane. So as I waited for my food to cook, I reflected on his advice and this innovative piece of technology and how it has changed people's lives. From Cork, New York, Dundalk, Gordahork, and Glenamaddy. So I decided to pen a kind of stream of consciousness poem that actually is an extended metaphor for life. So here it is. Fish Fingers by Morgan Friedman. Oh, culinary grade. A true modern mystery, mini convection, Real kitchen history. No frying sounds of sizzle. Barely even oil. A mystery to be solved that Arthur Conan Doyle's. Detective character Sherlock Holmes would love if he's looking down on me from heaven above. Then I remember that he's just fictitious. Besides, I don't really see myself as religious. I don't know if there's a heaven or a hell. I wish that the air fryer had a loud bell to tell me the fish fingers need turning 
so one side of the fish doesn't start burning. Sitting on the toilet doing a crossword, I wonder if actually I'd have preferred to do them the old school way in a frying pan. Despite my calm voice, I'm not a patient man. You see, it needs preheating for 18 minutes before I even put the fish fingers in it. I know less fat will save me from heartburn, but not hanging around is more my concern. <laughs> Did you like that, Jimmy? Yeah, nice one, that one, isn't it? Yeah. But I liked how you brought the Irish musician. <laughs> not Johnny Logan, Jimmy, by the way. The pivotal singer-songwriter, poet, and full package. That is Christy Moore. Christy from Cork to New York. Cork to Hork. And Glenn and and Lina Maddy. <laughs> I don't know what you said for one minute. I don't know how you brought that in. Uh, that, that was Morgan's own original work, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly understand his frustration. I understand his love of fish fingers as well. Um, mm. But the frustration with the, the air fryer thing. Now, you're quite a fan of these, right, aren't you? I called it the deep fat fryer. I don't know why I called it that. Well, yeah. I heard that's how actually might be called in Ireland. Actually, that's no, what I called that yoke, that thingamajig, that contraption. Yeah, well, the deep fat fryer was the old things that you used to do chips in, uh, and they're the same shape. But the air fryer um, is obviously without the with the oil. You just put a spoon of oil in, Max, and and that does it, doesn't it? And because you, you were using one in Ireland, weren't you? I, I was in the Airbnb. I was, and I couldn't have survived without it. Every household in Ireland, Jimmy, when I was home, when I was visiting, everyone has one. I'm definitely mm-hmm. getting one at the end of this month. Yeah. I mean, we, we've we got one at home. Um, I don't understand. One door, one door or two doors? Uh, one door. Well, I, I don't understand how to use it, so I'll prep everything that needs to be done, and then my wife will deal with it, because I can't deal with timers and boilers and things like that. She always has to do all this sort of stuff. But yeah, so I do very much empathise with his uh, situation. Question for you, Ray. Uh, why are they called air fryers? Do you know? Mm, no idea. Well, I had no idea either. Um, but apparently, um, the reason is that these were developed for the domestic markets based on the way that they heat food in aeroplanes. So basically, you know, you know how the mobile phone was essentially a small, carryable car phone that they used to have in the eighties. Well, these air fryers mm. are, li- are like the um, what they heat the food with on the airplane, and they just made it more compact, cheaper, and able to be uh, put into people's houses. So that is why I believe it's called an air fryer, um, according to uh, some extensive research I did on your favourite Wikipedia. Oh. You learn something new every day. <laughs> aren't, you, aren't you the great man? Yeah, Would yeah. you be ready for a bit of true or false? Why not? <laughs> okay. Celebrity. All right, then. Uh, Half 
After eight years of stage work and private acting lessons in the renowned Dublin Theatre Music and Comedy, Johnny Logan has confirmed reports <laughs> he will be playing Martin McInnes in a new <laughs> political drama out in September, calling the script, Jimster, one of the best he's ever read. So, Johnny Logan, this man that you haunt me with and have done since, I think it was episode three, um, he's going to be playing Martin McGuinness in a, what was it, a stage show, did you say? A stage show. It's actually a new drama coming out, a political drama coming out in September. Right. Why would they? I, I still don't. I still don't know who Johnny Logan is exactly, but I know he's some singer who uh, won the Eurovision and uh, had sex with lots of women he wasn't married to. Why the hell would they choose somebody like him? I mean, they did that really good drama. I forget what it was called, um, where uh, Colin Meaney played Martin McGuinness with uh, Tim Spall as Ian Paisley. And I couldn't really think of anybody who could do McGuinness better than that. Um, unless unless Art Garfunkel comes out of retirement. Um. <laughs> did you go straight into Wikipedia for that? No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. Um, actually, the very first time you and I met, Ray, we actually discussed how Art Garfunkel and Martin McGuinness looked rather like each other um, on that fateful day when you stole my wife's chair I'm going to say it's a load of bollocks it's false, it has to be yeah, it's a load of bollocks <laughs> Colomini <laughs> has the main role okay, yeah, will, so, so yeah. he's coming back as uh, McGuinness, yeah, is he? Yeah. The, oh yeah, brilliant the film will, the will, film will focus uh, on a close relationship between the late Ian Paisley and McGuinness as they share the power, Jimmy, installment, and they earned the nickname. The Chuckle Brothers. The Chuckle Brothers, yeah. Hold on, you're, you're talking about this film will come out. Are you not talking about the film that did come out? Yeah, well, you know, when I was five years ago, Wikipedia, it, it could have been five years ago. <laughs> what's it called, as John, then? As Johnny, Lo as Johnny Logan would say, watch another year. <laughs> what's, what's another the, episode? Yeah, what's, well, the, yeah, film, I actually what's the film called? Get... I've forgotten. Is I... it called the, 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 the Road or something like that? Mm, I didn't actually get it. Actually, I didn't look up with Wikipedia. I just overheard it on the old television. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, the 62-year-old who bears a strong resemblance to the Sinn Féin deputy says the film will stay true to the bond between the duo. Timothy Spall... Well, yeah, he will play the DUP founder, Ian Paisley. But, Jimmy, did you know that uh, a little bit of useless information, our very good friend of the show, Mr. Liam Neeson, was originally in talks for the film, along with Kenneth Branagh. Is that before right? Executives, yeah, before the executives decided on Meany and Small. Oh, okay. So, I have actually Googled it now, and it's not called The Road. It's called The Journey, and it's eight years old. So so all of you talk about it will come out, blah, blah, blah. I actually I think sure. that Martin McGuinness yeah. was probably still alive when it came out. Yeah, he could have been. But yeah. Jimmy, let's go straight over to 1993, Roddy Doyle's The Snapper, starring mm -hmm. Colin Meany. I like Colin Meany, actually. Yeah, I do. The, yeah, the story focused on a 20-year-old... 
Sharon Curley, who is mm-hmm. expecting a baby. Jimmy, she initially refuses to tell anyone that the father is really Georgie Burgess and <laughs> dirty, and dirty all bollocks and a man in the flick, Jimmy. And instead, she claims it was a Spanish sailor. Now, Sharon's family... Spanish seamen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sharon's family come together to support her fair play mm-hmm. through her pregnancy. But the family don't quite believe in the uh, conception story, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Desi Curley, played by Minnie, says, How do you know he was Spanish or a sailor? He could have been a Pakistani postman, <laughs> if you were that drunk. <laughs> Definitely one of the wittiest lines in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I, I love that, actually. I've uh, I've read all three of them, because the, the Commitments was I the first one the of the trilogy, well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah and uh, I, I particularly love The Van, the follow-up to that one, where... Um, that was uh, Yeah, the dad, Meanie's character... And his best uh, friend, I forget what he's called, Bimbo or something like that. They set uh, up a, uh, I think it's during the 88 European Championships, they set up an illegal fish and chip business, don't they? Yeah, they, have yeah, to, they have to look after um, Sharon's uh, baby and yeah. change, change her nappies in the place where they're serving the fish and chips when somebody accidentally gets served a battered um, used nappy instead of a fish. <laughs> I see Terry <laughs> That was the film as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But another great line was uh, Desi's wife, Kay. Kay said, It's a terrible shock. And Desi says, What is? And Kay says, Ah, Jesus, been married for 25 years and finding out your husband's a prick. <laughs> I'm sure there were a few pointers along the way. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Actually, speaking about pointers, mm-hmm. <laughs> about it. Second and final question: True or false? Helmut, <laughs> Helmut Humper, a German. A German Alsatian dog from Bremerhaven back in 1988 got his John Thomas stuck in a crock. In a crock? <laughs> What's a crock? In a crock. In a What's crock. A, What's a crock? C-R-O-C. Oh, a crocodile. Could be. So, so this uh, poor little... German Shepherd from um, the former state that I used to live in, of Bremen, um, was being belated by a crocodile. Oh, no, it's family shop. Those um, crock shoes. Okay, sorry. He was, uh, oh, a crock shoe. <laughs> oh, I see. So, all right. Of course, it's a family show, so being filleted by a, a sandal is absolutely fine, isn't it? He, he got it. He got it stuck uh-huh. in a sandal. Yeah. Well, it would have had to have been very, very big, wouldn't it? What was the dog called again? Uh, Helmut. Helmut. Humper. <laughs> <laughs> Humper. 
Uh, yeah. Who comes up with this, right? Uh, you. Um, just, just an aside before I do that, um, my friend Simon Price uh, used to live in a little village in, um, in Germany, and there was a local driving instructor whose name was, and you're not going to believe this, his name was Helmut Fuck. F-U-C-K. And Germans, um, answer, they don't answer the phone by uh, saying hello or by giving the number. They just say the last name. So Simon and his pals used to phone up this driving instructor at the weekend when they'd had a few beers just so that he could answer the phone and say, Fuck! <laughs> oh, God. Um Right, well, Helmut, uh, obviously, that's very amusing to English speakers because it sounds like Helmut, and Humper could sound like a German name, but it's absolutely uh, made up because no German would know that was funny in English. Uh, so it's not true, is it? Well, it's a little bit. It's kind of in between. It's kind of made up by me, and I actually <laughs> over <laughs> and I overheard a certain lady ranting about an Alsatian dog, Jimmy, right. that she had uh, yeah, on, on TV a while back. She went on to say he was a nervous humper and that she once had a horrible disaster with some Crocs that she bought and wore and her dog loved to hump a leg and he got his John Thomas third leg <laughs> Tootsie Roll trapped Stuck in the hole of the crock, Jimmy. Well, something Helmut Humper wanted to snap out of <laughs> as quickly as possible. Now, now, all our male shakers out there, whoever had erections, will understand poor old Helmut. So what happened is it goes in small. You dig, Jimmy? You suck it in what I'm spitting out. Yeah. It's gets swelled up. Sounds like Helmut so, is digging, yeah, actually. And so poor Humper couldn't get it out again. Right. And so the croc was on top of the dog at this stage. His lady owner put him into a cold bath, seemingly, a very cold bath, Jimmy, to try to get it to shrink. To shrink down. But I couldn't, she said. I had to cut it off with a knife. No, no, Jimmy. Not as John Thomas the, the fucking shoe. shoe. The fucking <laughs> shoe, yeah. The good, the good old lady dog owner was not related, thank God, to Lorraine Bobbitt. Thank goodness for that. Thank God thank for God. that. So I'm just, just trying to get my head around this. An Alsatian. Actually, actually, a croc shoe performing reverse cowgirl <laughs> on, on an Alsatian dog. <laughs> And, Jimmy. and we've got our session dogs coming up afterwards, and that could spoil the story for us, Raymond. <laughs> yeah, I know. Excuse me. <laughs> Another reason, Shakers, to ban Crocs when you In have a nervous humper around. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Jimmy. <laughs> Seriously. On one or two final notes. Back in the late 80s, Jimmy, believe it or not, we... Uh, the good McAndra family had a German shepherd, Jimmy, a beautiful dog, seriously, yeah. And we named him Lord, L-O-R-D, yeah. My mother absolutely doted on this, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. And my mother 
and she still is a regular church-going woman. My lovely dad, God rest his lovely gentle soul, Jimmy, loved the name we gave him, seriously. And you would always hear my dad regularly say, now I can truly say, the Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) 99% of German shepherds are dogs. And as Michael Caine would often, often quote Jimmy, not a lot of people know that. (laughs) What was that other thing he used to say as well? Uh, He used to say, uh, uh, Zulus, thousands of them. Wait till you see the whites of their eyes, lads. Then shoot. <laughs> I think, didn't he? <laughs> I think both of those things are very wise. Well done, Michael. Uh, Michael Canine. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are the third smartest dog breed, Jimmy. Poodle and Border Collies have them by the dog's bollocks. Do they? In that department, yeah. I knew I knew they were bright, and I knew Border Collies were as yeah. well, but I'm surprised they don't yeah. use poodles for much. I would have yeah, thought a Labrador or a Retriever was up there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, finally, oh, well, I'll be doggone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tilt their heads uh, to one side to see and hear better. Make mm-hmm. no bones about it. Lovely, mm-hmm. lovely dogs, Jimmy. Lovely trained dogs. Gorgeous. They are. If you bring them up properly, they're great. And if not, yeah. if you treat them badly, they are a nightmare, really. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, now, uh, we mentioned at the start of the show that Russell Crowe uh, is upset. He has been upset this week. This is brand news breaking, breaking. You almost he- heard it here first. Russell Crowe's upset that a Maltese property, property company called Swiplet... Um, has used his face and um, uh, voice to advertise their property portfolio. And uh, the lads at Hackett Technologies sent us the, uh, the video um, and got hold of him, actually, and got some exclusive comments uh, later on. So uh, let's see what all the fuss is about. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm excited to share some fantastic news with you, especially for those of you in Malta or anyone considering a move to this beautiful island. I recently discovered an incredible tool that has made my house hunting experience truly seamless and enjoyable, the Swipelets.com mobile app, available for download on both the Apple Store and Google Play Store. This app is a game changer when it comes to finding exclusive homes for rent or purchase in Malta. Swipelets.com has simplified the process, making it incredibly user-friendly and efficient. With just a few taps on your device, You can access a wide range of exclusive properties tailored to your preferences. Whether you're in search of a cozy apartment or a luxurious villa, Swiplets.com has it all. The app's intuitive design ensures that you can navigate through listings effortlessly, saving you time and energy. I've personally used the Swiplets.com app during my time in Malta. Russell Crowe. Download app Swiplets or visit Swiplets.com. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius commander of the armies of the north and general manager of the phoenix strip club in hollywood i go by the stage name of russell crowe this deep fake ad is going around in malta it is obviously fake bs don't fall for it what else is obvious is that this service slash business must be shonky and underhanded to resort to this way of promoting itself block report ignore I've never used this service and I do not endorse this BS. However, 
what I do endorse is Talking Istanbuluk's comedy podcast with Ray and Yorma. I star in episode 18, Russell Crowe's Love Bureau, in which I teach a poor idiot boy named Greg the art of gladiatorial seduction. Swipelets be warned. I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. <laughs> That's some tool Russell is using. Mrs. Doyle might be inviting him over for a cup of tea, Jimmy. Yes, she might. <laughs> go on, go on, go on, you fine gladiator thing. <laughs> no, but I, I understand. Uh, I mean, I didn't realize myself that he actually goes as uh, Maximus Decimus Meridius in real life, mm. and Russell Crowe's just a kind of stage name. But honestly, though, this swipelet thing, that that was an awful, awful Russell Crowe voice, wasn't it? He sounded American. Yeah, he did. I mean, if you if you listen to yeah, Russell Crowe's speaking, you know he, he he's got an Australian accent. Uh, I know there's this big debate: is he Aussie? Is he Kiwi? But he's got an Australian accent, and he does American accents in films. But they just clearly copied him in some in some role, whereas. You know, when you get him in a certain mood, he does speak in his gladiator master of commander voice. Unfortunately, that's what he was using when, uh, when he when he expressed his comments on um, to to the boys at Hackett. Really, so I mean, madness, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> to, but I loved to the, think you uh, could get away with that. <laughs> loved loved the use uh, of the word uh, shonky. Yes, me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, I I had never heard that word before in my life. And funnily enough, I saw it on Twitter, uh, the word shonky. And then it turned out that he'd given exactly the same word to to Declan and Mowgli as well. (laughs) I laughed for a day at shonky. (laughs) I did too. But to cut to the chase, seriously, good skills, uh, Russell Crowe, on endorsing Talking Istanbulik's comedy podcast. Thank Absolutely. you very, very much. Absolutely. And I think in return, uh, I think we can um, endorse the, uh, the Rabbitohs, uh, his rugby league team that he supports. I, th- I think, it, is it the South Sydney Rabbitohs? I might have got that wrong, but it is the Rabbitohs, definitely. And he's a season ticket, he's been a season ticket holder for years, and I think he's even um, the owner of the club as well. So, uh, yeah. He loves, loves his ruggers, yeah. Yeah. So, Rabbitohs, get a big dog right up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now for something completely different. Are you taking a piss? Kiss and tell. That's right, we want you to spill the beach pal on your first date escapades, and we decide if it's in his kiss or just taking the piss. Ever had a date that left you wondering? Share it with us, we'll read it out on air, and let's dive into the drama. So send an email to talkingistanbollocks at gmail.com, and let's kiss and tell, because every great story starts with a kiss. Are you taking the piss? Thanks for all your letters last week about dodgy dates. We've had a bit of feedback, and it would appear that most of you agree that Mark had led Harriet into either a drug deal or to a dogging venue. So from dogging to doggies. And actually, would you take one on a first date? So let's hear from Cassandra in Derbyshire. I think that's Derbyshire, right? In Derbyshire. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
Cassandra writes, Dear Yorma and Ray, love the show. Thanks, Cassandra. Uh, I listen every week. I met a guy two weeks ago called Barry on Tinder, and it went really well. We seemed to click and had lots of laughs and conversation, and he didn't seem sleazy in any way. So we agreed to meet up, and I suggested a lunch date, as I didn't want to take the risk of meeting a man off Tinder at night. It's understandable, I think, Ray, isn't it, really? Um, He suggested a picnic, and with cosy memories of the famous five, I thought that that sounded really nice, maybe even romantic. So when he suggested a local beauty spot a couple of miles from where I live, I was actually quite excited. I saw this tall, thin, balding man in glasses arriving on a bike. A little odd, but at least he'd used his own profile pictures. I've no time for airbrushes or fake pictures. Initially, I thought he was being chased by a large dog, but then I realized that he was calling the dog Desmond. I I remembered in our chat that he'd said he was a dog lover. He got off his bicycle and said, uh, all right there, as a greeting. I've brought Desmond with me. Hope you don't mind. I wasn't quite sure what to say as Desmond the Alsatian, Alsatian again, uh, as Desmond the Alsatian excitedly started to bark and then hump my leg. Humping again as well. Uh, (laughs) What a coincidence. Absolutely. Barry said something like, uh, oh, don't mind him. He plays up when he's hungry and can get a bit randy. (laughs) I I laughed awkwardly and then said, "Uh, let's go to the car and get the picnic blanket and stuff. Just as I was getting my things from the car, it occurred to me that Barry had nothing with him except for the bike and the dog. He stopped me and kept saying that Desmond was hungry and if he chained his bicycle up, we could walk to the nearby shop so we could get Desmond a big bag of dog food. I thought he was joking at first, but then he explained that he hadn't brought any cash with him, so would I mind paying for the pedigree chum, and that he'd pay for it next time. I was too embarrassed to resist, so I went into the shop. A big bag, a big bag, mind. Desmond's not eaten for two days. Oh, yeah, and could you get me a pork pie and some polo mints? He said. (laughs) As I came out of the shop, still in shock, he said, This is going well. Desmond likes you. Now, as with all dates of Tinder, I had an escape plan and texted my friend the word help quickly. And she called with with an emergency within seconds. Barry was sympathetic that my friend's mother had had a fall and cheerily said, oh, these things happen. You better go to her. Can I have my pork pie, please, now? Later Later that evening, he texted me saying he couldn't wait to introduce me to his mother. Blocked immediately. Was he taking the piss? And that's from Cassandra in Ashbourne in Derbyshire. So what, what, what do we think, Ray? Arrives to a romantic picnic date on a bike. Jesus Christ. Sweet Mary, mother of God. With a big, with a big why dog. Does the, yeah. Why does that remind me? Called Desmond. Of our Mark Johnson. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Jimmy, as my father once said, a man who arrives on a bike is always out for a ride or a leg over. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> but seriously, Jimmy, no, seriously. What do we think? He's got, he's, he's got a nick on him like a jockey's bollocks. Mm. You don't do that on a first date. 
No, it's it's not good, is it? I think she probably did the right thing blocking him, really. But I mean, I think the bit that got me was, you know, it wasn't only that the dog was uh, was humping her, but who goes out? I mean, the dog is one thing, the bike yeah. is is another, but not going out with a wallet. I mean, we had that chance for a couple of weeks ago. Well, who pretended, that exactly. who pretended yeah. he'd lost his wallet so that he could get the staff in Starbucks to to say the girl's name, but we didn't have any intention there that he didn't intend to pay. And he certainly broke. didn't request a big bag of dog food. But this bloke was definitely having a laugh without mm. Cassandra. Huh? Yeah, yeah but she then, was dead right. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But, you know, asking to, to, to meet the mother as well. <laughs> do, do you know what I found strangest about that? When he, when he asked mm. for the bag of dog food and said that the dog hadn't eaten for two days. <laughs> Uh, the dog's name was Desmond. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah, Desmond the dog. <laughs> I actually wonder with this guy, uh, Barry, I think he was called. I wonder if the dog hadn't eaten for two days because that was the li- that was the last time he had a Tinder date. Maybe that's his mo. You know, <laughs> maybe it's just, <laughs> just his way of getting free dog food. Jesus Christ! You think she did the right thing? Absolutely, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think Cassandra, you're well shot of him. Well shot of him. Um, yeah, life's a bitch sometimes. And then Desmond humps you. Um, so- <laughs> I, was walking down, uh, yeah, I was walking down the Cloud Street, Jimmy, a couple of months back, uh, shopping with my wife, eating and having a few drinks. And Jimmy, seriously, right in front of us, when we were walking down the Cloud Street, there was a, an American couple. And they spotted a dog in the alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, licking his John Thomas. Well, they do that. Yeah, and the American bloke said, Oh my God! I would love to be able to do that. <laughs> and the wife said, I don't think he God would, let, would you. let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all dogs today, Jimmy. This show is gone to the dogs. It is. Okay, post of the week. Black Milkshake, best post of the week. <laughs> post of the week. And why, Jimmy, as this show is totally gone to the dogs, give me props and throw a bone to me, Jimmy, please, for this little offering. The other day, my dog fell into a big, deep lake and was drowning then some German bloke came out of nowhere, just like that, and he saved my little dogging, Jimmy. He saved my little doggy's life. After I thanked him so many times, he said to me, "Ze don't vary. Ze just dry him off and keep him warm. He will be fine. I asked him, are you, are you a vet? He answered, Are you crazy? I am I am I a vet? I am a soaking vet. And <laughs> 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 I fell off my chair. <laughs> I am a, I am a, I'm a soaking vet. 
Reminds me of... Um, off the cuff, off the cuff. Very good. Reminds me of uh, Billy Connolly he used to tell yeah. uh, a, a story that was originally told by Chick Murray about um, being at the Olympics and this, uh, this mm-hmm. Scottish guy goes up to this uh, German guy in the, uh, the track and field and he says to him, um, are you a pole vaulter? And he says, mm-hmm. no, I'm a German. But how did you know my name was Volta? <laughs> anyway, that's another wrap from Talking Bullocks. We'll be back next week with the latest updates from the House of Windsor uh, while Ray hiccups, which promises to be Megan, you laugh. And if you want to drop us a line for Kiss and Tell or Post of the Week, either join Black Milkshake on Facebook or send us an email at talkingistanbullocks at gmail.com. A million thanks for your support, Shakers. Yeah, Talking Istanbul is your show as much as ours, so do what you can. Send us those emails, tell your friends. Uh, thanks to Abraham in South Africa for his recent review. That was very nice. Thank you very much. Um, check out the YouTube channel, Talking Istanbul. And as ever, please don't forget, if you enjoy the show, the world deserves to hear about it. Post this link on your social media as soon as we finish listening to this show right now. Special thanks to Morgan Friedman, Maximus Decimus Meridius, Russell Crowe, Declan and Molly from Hackett Technologies in Cross Carolina, Mark E. and Eamon McAndrew. See you next week, Shakers. And as it's a very good day, we're going to say Guten, Guten Tag. Good skills. <laughs> yeah, good, good and dark. <laughs> good and dark. And okay, good. good. <laughs> Talking Istanbul comedy podcast was brought to you by Ray Mack and Yorma Kiriko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Talking Istanbul 2024.